Hello, pal. Isn't alive? Yeah. Uh, pal, barely alive. Just barely. Man. I am actually feeling a good bit better, though. Well, I mean, you sound like a million bucks. Well, I sounded a hell of a lot worse. The other I know, day. and I'm glad you got your rest because there. I just literally just now remembered this, mm -hmm. and I wanted to just like call you and tell you the great news, but you were sick, and so I wanted to let you rest. Mm -hmm. You know what I tried the other day? What? Watermelon Red Bull. Yeah, what do you think about I it? I got to tell you, I remembered instantly why I kind of don't drink that crap mm -hmm. is like, Man, I felt so weird the rest of the day, you know, because like there's something like I don't even know, man, it, a thousand grams of sugar in it. No, <laughs> it's all feel... it's all the nutrients like getting into your body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my best buddy, uh, one of my best buddies, uh, Isaac. It's funny he like he, he sent me a picture of it, and I was like, oh, interesting, because I just do like the sugar free, the regular, mm -hmm. and he's always like sending me these pictures of like the. You know these the crazy flavors, yeah, all the, like the summer editions and stuff. And um, and he sent me the watermelon. I was like, oh man, I haven't had that one yet. And then like two days later, I get the doorbell rings, and he sent me like a whole case. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty awesome. That does sound awesome. Um, <laughs> good news. Good news. We got him in Georgia now. Yeah, <laughs> Isaac. Okay, Isaac. I don't get out much, so well. I mean, they got him at the gas station, so I. Um, Man, just like a cliff. It happens every episode. It does. I mean, I'm going to take it it's out. A hard, it's a hard Jesus. stop. Dude, please tell me that you heard the fact that I left it in when you tried to call me out last week and say like, oh, you didn't, it's not. And then like I basically ended up reversing the table that turned. Oh, oh, you're talking about whenever I was and like. And you're like, please don't leave that in. And I left it in. Yeah. Because yeah. you were trying to get me, but you didn't get yeah, me. I, I'm always trying to get you. Hey, man. Many people have failed before doing the same thing. But, you know, hey, A for effort. A for effort. Happy Monday, friends, and welcome back to another episode of That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, which we don't really talk about much anymore, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We're your handsome as ever hosts, Woody Brown. And Tyler Benz. What's up, my brother? I gotta say, dude, that was maybe... Best intro ever. That, that was the cleanest intro that we've ever had. <laughs> oh. I mean, you just, you came right out of... A really obscure conversation we were having, just right in, flawless first time through. I applaud mm -hmm. you. I mean, they called me the one take wonder back in the studio back in the day. You know, just singing. Well, they called so you the one not? hit wonder back in the uh, <laughs> uh, band days. Oh man, yeah, the one well, minute. That wonder. makes it sound like I'm kind of yeah. I was, that makes me sound like I'm some <laughs> kind of like pothead or something. Hey man, just one hit, bro. One pump. So, dude, you know what I realized? Uh, Two pumps. But when when everyone is listening to this. We would have all kind of celebrated the Fourth of July, mm -hmm. man. You know, our our Independence Day here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And dude, when I was thinking about that, I, I thought about a, a couple different things. But and I, I don't know if you have any of these, but I have a I literally have a dad fail surrounding Fourth of July. Uh oh. So a couple years ago, 
Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Jane was still, sorry, our youngest. I think she was still like maybe two years old. Mm-hmm. And so this is probably like two or three years ago. <clears throat> and I've always been the kind of guy that like, I love fireworks shows and stuff like that. But man, you know, now that I'm like, now that there's just so much involved about having to get to wherever the fireworks are being displayed, oh, yeah. sit in traffic mm-hmm. and, you know, have to deal with all that stuff. I'm just like, nope. Plus, from my neighborhood, because we're on the lake or whatever, we can see the fireworks show that the state park across the lake puts on, and it's phenomenal, and, you know, we can just hang out with our neighbors um, on the boat dock and stuff like that. But there's still, like, a little kid piece of me that's inside of me that lives within my heart. Mm -hmm. Every year, much to my wife's, um, I don't know, chagrin, is that the the right word? See, I think that's the opposite. Uh, But Yeah, much to my wife's, like, annoyance, I'll say. I have to buy us some fireworks that we can do ourselves right in the driveway. Mm-hmm. Now, you know me pretty well, but our listener might not be able to kind of... You're cautious, I guess, very cautious. Yes, I'm very cautious. I'm, safety is a priority yep. for me, right? Yep. I mean, I wear like ear protection whenever I'm mowing the lawn because I want to you know, protect my ears. <laughs> I wear like safety glasses whenever I'm using the weed eater. I'm probably overly cautious. You know that. Well, there's no me, problem but, about it. I mean, you definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to a fault. But you can imagine that where I'm setting these fireworks off, mm-hmm. I've got the family very, very safe distance <laughs> away from that. So they're not like, you know, they can still enjoy it and everything, and it's awesome, but there's no way anything is going to happen to them. Right? 700 I'm not feet away. Like, they're, they're viewing them through binoculars. No, dude. It's from like my front porch to where like, you know, the top of the driveway is. So I go out and... I really like I that's like that's like a hundred feet. Well, yeah, I mean, dude, the fireworks go up. They don't go like you know what I mean? Like why would they need to be closer than Oh, that? I thought you were doing like the little like no, the ground. Dude, I'm doing like stuff that actually shoots oh, okay. up again. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. my wife's annoyance because like she's always like, don't it's such a waste. What don't you know? And I'm like, so I make her give me like a solid dollar amount mm-hmm. of what she is gonna quote unquote allow me to spend. I think I remember this. Well, I always exceed that. Most of the time, double it. Yeah. Um, and I come home and, you know, it's fun because you get the kids all riled up and they're like, yeah, mom, this is going to be awesome. Mm. Okay, USA. Well, we go through the whole thing, man. I mean, I've got these things like a mortar, basically, that just shoots this oh, thing up in the air. It's like professional style. With the little, like, the balls that drop in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like little cannonballs, yeah. basically, that shoot up into the sky really high. And they look like, I mean... A professional, professional fire, <laughs> professional fireworks display. Yeah, up in the sky, mm-hmm. right? All of that goes without you know any hitch. I've got these like other little ones. They're like little tanks that move and shoot sparks yep. and do all this kind of stuff. Right? Well, or or the thing that looks like a Crayola crayon box, and they're just like little rockets that just like you know. I mean, just just I've got all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, finally, the last thing that I have is like this strand of little. I guess the black cats, you know, like the little canceled, you know. No, you know what I'm talking about? The the ones that like in Home Alone he uses to freak out the the pizza driver. Yeah, he puts them in the little pan or the uh, pot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I've got like this huge strand of those. Mm-hmm. And again, family, they're still on the front porch, right? And I'm just like, okay, last one, guys. This is just going to be loud and fun. It's not this, you know, it's not that exciting visually or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like that sucker. Mm. 
I run over to where they're at, and this thing's just like, kah, 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 kah. and then like while I'm standing like next to my wife, who's holding our two year old, because she's kind of like, you know, mm, it's loud, it might be scary. She doesn't really know what to think of it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like one of those fireworks just like flings across from where this where it is on the ground of the of the dang oh, uh, driveway and just it, it it you know it's already exploded but it's still hot yeah and it just lands right on my daughter's forehead <laughs> oh gosh it's like and i see it happen i'm like oh you know and that was like i said that's about two or three years ago and uh well I wasn't allowed to buy that kind of fireworks anymore. Wow, that's awesome. That was a total dad fail on my on my behalf. But I mean, you know, thank God it didn't like land in her eye or something. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, here's my daughter. She only has one eye. And uh it's now have we talked about this before about the reason why I like fireworks, like I'm freaked out about fireworks? Uh yes, but go ahead for sake of posterity. You know what I'm talking about, right? The 911 mm-hmm. uh, TV show episode. Oh wait, do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe not. I know I've talked about it at some point, but I'll never forget it, dude. You remember that that TV show, like Rescue 911? Oh yeah, I think is what it was called. Mm-hmm. Well, they had this like reenactment on the afternoon of October 30th, 1991, in Fresno, California. Carol Arzati had to go pick up her young daughter from the babysitter. Her 12-year-old son Aaron was left home alone for no more than an hour. Of this kid who had like a shoebox under his bed, oh god, full of fireworks, right? And he's like, hey, you know, and he lights wait, wait, one so, up. So that uh, was he was he uh, like from another nationality? Because you just no, did no, no, I don't remember. Yeah, what? No, no, no. Russian. I, I don't remember. I don't remember what he was saying. I think he has like a friend over or something. He's like, hey man, come over oh, here. Let me show me, show me. You know, let me show you these fireworks or whatever. So these, you know, kids go over there. He opens up the shoebox. He's got like cherry bombs, mm. you know, like the big M, M80 or, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever those things are. The famous ones that we all grew up knowing about when we were kids. Oh, yeah. And he's just like, light it up, man. He's like, you know, all right. And he lights this firework. And then, like, essentially, dude, the kids, like, hands get blown off. Yeah. You always hear about that, but. Is that like? Hey man, I mean, this is rescue. This is rescue now. I mean, well, it's got to be real. Okay. Then. And they had like the yeah, they had like the audio. That's the thing about that show. They always had like the real audio oh, of the nine one one call, dude. Nine one one. All right. Which made it even scarier. And so from that day on, I was like, I'm never touching a firework for as long as I live. Yeah. And I had like friends that would like shoot each other with bottle rockets and all this. And I'm like, yeah, we we did I used to. We would we would have like a coke bottle and like put bottle rockets and like drive through the neighborhood and like shoot them out. Good lord! Uh, I mean, not at like houses, but you know, in areas. Uh, yeah. I, speaking of like the little mortars, like the little you know, like you were saying, you get like a yeah a foot. Those things are amazing, dude. They are they are incredible. But uh, I, unlike Woody, am I'm the complete opposite when it comes to mm-hmm. zero caution. safety. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my cousin Colt and I. Basically, like my little brother, he's a few years younger than I. We grew up together, and, you know. We hung out all the time, and I remember probably like we we're probably still teenagers, well, mid to earlier teens, and uh, we we had just sort of like discovered these. And this is one thing. One thing about Georgia is like, you know, now you can buy them here, but you, oh, yeah, you used to have to drive to South Carolina 
to get fireworks. I yeah. think you could shoot them in Georgia, but you couldn't. Exactly. You couldn't yeah. bite them. I mean, buy them. I said bite them. Um, but uh, but yeah, we discovered like the mortar thing, and that lasted about two. And then we were like, you know, man, we're playing war already. Let's just like light up the balls and just throw them like grenades. And oh my gosh! Wow, dude. now that is a fireworks show. And also, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it is incredible though, because there, because there's no incredibly like, dangerous. But yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, it's it really is like a grenade. Like yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Although, it's, I mean, I don't really see it like super unsafe though. If you're a good distance away, because it's not like shooting in any direction. It just like kind of explodes outwards. But mm. we do not condone Sounds. that. Sounds safe already, but it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you why it's unsafe. Like all of the material within that dang ball is highly explosive and highly flammable. Mm-hmm. So if the if for some reason a spark from that fuse happens to ignite the ball oh. while it's still in your hand before you throw it, bye bye arm. Is it just like gun? I wonder if it's just like gun, dude. It's there's like magnesium and stuff. This stuff will some like the type of chemicals in that will like burn underwater. Oh man. yeah, like. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't even get me started. Now I'm sounding like a complete dork, and everyone listening is like, "Gosh, that Woody guy really needs." Ooh, to speaking of underwater, up. have you read the uh, graphic novel uh, "Underwater Welder" by Jeff Lemire? Uh, no, I haven't. It's pretty cool. You have to check it out. Anyway, carry on. What are we getting into today, bro? Well, dude, one of the things. So first, I hope everybody had a safe and happy Fourth of mm-hmm. July. If you're here in the states, uh, you know, to our international listeners, whenever your Independence Day is, happy that. Mm-hmm. When I think of summer, I know that so far this summer for our Camp Rad Strangeness, we have really kind of dug into some like, you know, more sort of scarier stuff. We talked about um, slasher films and and more specifically the summer camp slasher Mm -hmm. genre and the Cropsey legend and, you know, even the Grunch, uh, uh, the monster of Grunch Road and all of these things are kind of spooky, Mm -hmm. but really also something that's kind of cool about summer to me is there's always been, you know, certain music and songs and stuff yeah. that I think of or that immediately make me, with the second that I hear them, I just think like, oh man, that's a good summer song, like driving in my Jeep or hanging out with my Windows fam, down. Or even, yeah, or like even whenever we were kids and stuff that immediately made me think of summertime mm-hmm. and just that vibe. Yeah, And I think both you and I, have always had this sort of like we we've shared this like love for opposite sides of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. One of them being like California, and then of course the other one being New York. And to me, when I think of New York, although you know obviously we have been there in the summertime, and boy, it's hot. You know, it, it's super hot, and in the wintertime it's super cold. But when I think of New York, I think of cold. When I think of California, I just think of like endless summer. You know, let's go surfing. Let's just hang out at the beach, mm-hmm. and let's just, you know, cruise up and down the 101. Yeah, yep. So the idea that we had was to kind of separately, without telling each other what the songs mm-hmm. were, come up with five songs each that really kind of remind us of summertime. Now, I'll go ahead and spoil the surprise here for the listener. Did not work. I immediately text Tyler and was like, dude, I don't even think I can narrow it down to 20, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so, I mean, I tried my best and, and um, to kind of keep it slim, but there are so many songs. When you're a music fan, and I think folks listening to this can, can certainly relate, when you're a music fan, you know, it's just impossible to narrow it down. It's kind of like when someone asks me, 
hey, what's your favorite band? Or, hey, what's your favorite movie? Impossible. If, you know, I, uh, you know, it just depends. With music specifically, it's like these are things that can evoke emotion, that can remind you of a certain time period in your life. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the list is long. So having said all that, I am very curious what kind of songs you came up with, and I can't wait to share, you know, some of the ones that I came up with. And we can kind of just like, I don't know, man, go through them, and we'll try to keep it maybe to 10 each. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I got to say that this was one of the most stressful. Well, I've been super sick this past week. Um, I'm on the mend, and uh, thank you for your love and prayers, everyone. And mm-hmm. um, this was really difficult because – Kind of like Woody was saying, you know, we're not only are we huge music fans, but um, you know, for a good ten years, nine years, uh, you know, we were in a band professionally, and that's that's what we did. We toured, we recorded albums, you know, um, you know, talking about California, we made an al- album out in L.A. and um, still one of the greatest experiences of our life, mm-hmm. you know. So. Doing this professionally, we we take music like very seriously, and it was almost like not only were we just like audiophiles to begin with, but we it was almost like our job to kind of you know constantly be like digging into like you know old stuff or like mm-hmm. you know at the time new stuff. Now I think everything new is garbage, but um, yeah. get off my lawn! But uh, yeah, no kidding. But uh, you know, so this was like really hard and. I'm going to say, well, well sorry, real quick, sorry. I'm just going to say that okay, okay. a lot of these I'm going to cheat and just do like the whole album because. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. I've got one like that, that 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 you'll see. But I wanted to say one thing real quick. And part of the reason I think that it will, it'll help people understand why this is difficult mm-hmm. for us is, is that not only can we be a fan of a song, oftentimes too, there, there are moments where we're just a fan of a, like a four second segment of a song whether that's the intro or the drum tone or this you know guitar tone and then the rest of the song could be completely ruined but there's like certain aspects of it that were like oh man you know whatever whatever and also especially like in our old age Mm -hmm. now that we're both 40 (laughs) there's certainly like less restrictions in terms of we we i think throughout our lives but certainly more now you can universally recognize good talented music like music writing and songwriting mm-hmm. and you know so it kind of encompasses so many genres i mean you know i didn't put any uh hip-hop on here but i'm sure there you know uh it's getting hot in here it would probably make the list <laughs> of you know songs to cruise the panama city strip mm. You know what I'm saying? So there's like there's a lot of different segmented kind of things. I mean, you can think of it if you if anybody's ever seen the movie High Fidelity. Oh, there's yeah. never been a more accurate that's us um, sort of uh, depiction of a music fan than um, Jack Black. Oh god. Top five musical crimes perpetrated by Stevie Wonder in the '80s and '90s. Go. Sub question: Is it in fact unfair to criticize a formerly great artist for his latter-day sins is it better to burn out than to fade away no well jack black and but specifically um uh john cusack Cusack. you know like how he just been hours um organizing his records based on you know 
alphabetically mm-hmm. or mood or I mean I do the same thing yeah, with yeah that was us the VHS tapes with CDs with albums with tapes books even right and so that's how our list is going to be pretty diverse and also I'm going to be unapologetic about it some of it is going to like I know we have eclectic fans who listen to things like metal and uh, folk music or like old school like 70s music and stuff I'm going to be a little bit unapologetic about some of the things that I think they would instantly make fun of me of mm-hmm. because at the end of the day to me it's just good music you know yeah yeah totally agree so do you kick us off let's kick it off um, so after these messages we'll be right back when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. You're listening to That Would Be Rad. You know, talking about Panama City, um... Uh, when I was, this would have been summer of... To the window! <laughs> um, the summer of seventh seventh grade, I think. I'm almost po- either No, I think it was would have been seventh grade. Me, my buddies, uh, Jason and Jarrett Chastain, from back in the day, I haven't talked to those guys in, well, probably since seventh grade. But we went on a trip and... With his mom and his aunt, and I mean, honestly, I cannot imagine doing this with my kids, but they just let us just go. Like, mm. yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead, kids, just go walking up and down the strip. Just a different time now, I feel like. But that summer, I was introduced to two albums. One, specifically Green Day, the Dookie album. Oh, yeah. Which was really just kind of mind-blowing at the time because i mean i'd kind of dabbled a little into like punk and stuff but like mm-hmm. there was something about this record that um got everybody into punk yeah and it was it, especially our age you know yeah exactly and, and it's interesting because like you know even a few years after that it was kind of like it the 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 quest was like trying to discover bands that weren't like poppy pop punk mm-hmm. stuff but like, yeah. if you really think about Green Day, especially with that album, um, that was sort of like the first of those kind of you know majorly accessible you know punk yeah. albums, and uh, it was just awesome. I mean, I would later like come to kind of loathe that pop punk kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, I mean, there's yeah. you know there's a little nostalgia in it, but dude, my my cousin came to visit us probably that same summer. And, uh, you know, we went to like a Sam Goody or, Mm -hmm. you know, a record store. And I was like, you got to get this album. And we played that that CD like a million. And I'll never forget, too, when we came 
back home, my aunt was like, wait, what is this called? And it was like, Dookie, you know? And like, <laughs> yeah. if you remember the cover, oh, yeah. there's like some crazy stuff going mm-hmm. on. And she's like, um, I don't know about that. And I was like, no, 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 trust me, it's really good. Yeah. I may have gotten her in trouble, but she hung on to that album to this day. You know, just like you said, it's like at the time in our lives, mm-hmm. being that age when that album came out, it's like we didn't really have a lot, any sort of, punk stuff that we were kind of used to hearing was, you know, sort of 80s punk, you know, and, and like the Ramones and maybe the Sex Pistols, maybe, but like nothing and maybe some Iggy Pop and stuff, but all that almost seemed like a little too, especially Iggy Pop and, and the Stooges mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, a little too like dangerous. Like, yeah. what? Iggy Pop, like he cuts himself with glass on stage? Yeah. I'm fine. Uh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, I mean, especially early middle school. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. and you know, plus again you know pre-internet so like we didn't really have you couldn't really look into this stuff so you you mm-hmm. if you wanted to listen to like old school punk rock you literally had to go into a record shop and like hopefully find some guy behind the counter or girl behind the counter who wasn't pretentious well yeah. i i think <laughs> i mean an impossible it's task, impossible right? yeah and i mean that's the thing about dookie too is it was just dangerous enough there was a couple of words here and there that you're like oh man bad words mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they still had that pop sensibility that made it like ex- easily accessible for you as a kid yeah. to just kind of like open up that genre yeah. and, and kind of you know figure out that was another fun thing about music is figuring out okay who did they listen to right yeah right figuring out their influences and then digging into that catalog mm-hmm. was always fun yeah time. yeah we we kind of made a I mean, well, quite literally made a career out of out of that, like, you know, continually digging further and further back of like, oh, well, this band was inspired by this band, which was inspired by this band. Like, it, it was just, it was always like the hunt, you know. Um, and on that album, you know, it's like you have Welcome to Paradise, Longview. Welcome to Paradise. Uh, Basket Case was, I think, the Do big one. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? And when I come around, but I feel like that thing when, was just that thing was just yeah, full of. But when I come around, it's it's still probably the most sort of like poppy. But God, it's, it's just great song. Um, but also in that note, and this is the one that I think you're probably talking about uh, cheating with the album. And if not, you're letting us down. But no. uh, that summer also yielded um, the first time that I heard a song, Undone, the sweater song. Oh, yes. Which oh. I cannot not pick the entire album of Weezer, the blue album. It's just... Yeah. Yep. That was definitely it's, on my It's list. in my top three albums of all time. Every single song on the record yep. is... Um, it's mixed beautifully. It's produced amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like... They again, kind of the same sort of thing. They, you know, they really kind of had that sort of like. It's weird. It's like it was like not grunge at all, but like a little bit of that like late '80s, early '90s like indie thing, but then mixed with mm-hmm. like really smart songwriting and really good pop sensibility and uh, yeah, melodies. just just amazing. Strange, like <clears throat> the arrangements of the harmonies mm-hmm. were always like. So different than anything that I would do, but so yeah, brilliant, dude. dude. And and like almost like anti grunge, like an answer to grunge in a way that was like. If you want to destroy my 
or mm-hmm. anyway, you know? <clears throat> it was like, and, and the timing of that album being released was kind of like when grunge was kind of like, okay, everybody's doing it kind of thing. And all of a sudden this band comes on with like, you know, you see you see the the Buddy Holly mm-hmm. video right. for the first time. And, you know, oh my gosh, dude, that album is so, there's yeah. so much on that album that we could just completely, that could be the rest of the yeah. episode, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I look I mean, back to, um, you know, then at the time I, I never would have put these together, but I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like they were somewhere in a mix between like, you know, late 70s, like not the new stuff. You give them a little more credit than I do. I think I think anything mm-hmm. post Pinkerton sucks. I'm just not into it at all. <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I'm just such a fan. Like anything they do, like his melodies, dude, are just and I and I, there are there is some stuff now that comes out that just is just garbage. <sighs> but man, there's some stuff that I'm like, God, I mean, I just can't get past like the some of the lyrics are just really yeah. smart and just the melodies, man. Well, he, mm. you, you know, I, I kind of look back and like they're probably a band who were into these weird sort of obscure like Bay City Rollers and like these like 70s kind of like pop rock, mm-hmm. not pop rock as we know it, like 90s or 2000s pop rock. Yeah, like probably like electric. Yeah, a little bit of that. And just and as far as like their their pop sensibility and their smart melodies mixed with like, you know, like the Pixies or uh, Frank Black and like that sort of indie uh kind of thing and like but but it was still like you know a lot of major chords a lot of like they were they were amazing i think it was this i think it was undone where it showed them they were like kicking the hacky sack around man i don't really remember that really and then the bass player who went on to be like uh, lead singer the rentals but like Mm -hmm. he had like blonde like you know buzzed like white hair is that the one where they're like in like a like a like a house basically yeah 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 maybe that's say it ain't so actually yeah, I don't know, man. That that remember. those videos, I, I don't. I kind of get them all mixed up. But man, there's a song on that album that I kind of like starred to talk about, and it's funny that you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Only in dreams. Oh yeah, great is song. one of my favorite songs again ever written. Yeah. And I remember like it kind of, you know, because that album is so again full of like just hits and singles that they had. You know, it's at the bottom of the of the album, mm-hmm. the back half. I want to say it might even be the last song, right? And it just kind of surprises you because it starts off with this just so simple, this super simplistic... Did did I talk about this song last time we talked about music, dude? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I don't know, but the bass line is super simplistic. Boom, 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 boom. But dude, it is... I'm not joking. I probably listen to that song at least once a week because Mm -hmm. by the time... They, they piece together this intro where it starts with the bass mm-hmm. and then you've got like um, the other instruments kind of one by one come in which I've always loved that and it's just a super long intro This it's a really long song and it's one of those that I don't need I don't think I don't remember ever hearing it on the radio ever mm-hmm. you know growing up it was one of those that it was it was like a deep cut a deep cut yeah, yeah like one that like if you're really uh, quote unquote fan then you knew all the songs mm-hmm. and not just like oh yeah I like that song Buddy Holly right yeah. yeah and and then once it gets to like where he's just yelling only in dreams only in dreams oh my gosh yeah it's insane I love it and, and I still think too um, my name is Jonas like 
for like a kickoff song, and, mm-hmm. and it's so like. You know, obviously, there's like that little. They they had this thing too. Um, you know, you guys may not be into it musically, but like they did this thing too, where they would. Um, I'd heard one time that they would do this trick in the studio where they would turn their amps down like super super low. You know, they'd have these huge Marshall like pass stacks and stuff like JCM 800s, but they would turn their amps really low, I guess, so that it would mm-hmm. like compress the tone. So if you listen, I mean, it sounds like a thousand guitars. It just sounds like this big wall of like. Yeah. rat pedal with a Marshall kind of thing um, but then they would they would mix like this weird like finger picking like acoustic, a, acoustic thing um, yeah that, it was it was really interesting but um, yeah. that was a great song yeah one one other thing about uh, that album is and it's it's funny because it's one of my least favorite songs on the album is a song called Holiday um, song too but it I mean I, I, I love it but it's probably it's not like it's not in my top five of the mm-hmm. album, but it's probably other than Cindy Lauper time after time, David mm-hmm. Bowie singing those harmonies. It's mm-hmm. probably my favorite harmony part when it like drops out and it's doing this like weird three part harmony round. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? My favorite. A postcard to our friends. Um, it's so good, genius. My favorite harmony on that. Well, I don't know, man. It's hard to say, but one of my favorite moments on that record is the harmony and "Say It Ain't So" towards the end. While we're on that, before we move on, uh, I got to give an honor. The the Tyler Bench show. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, For all our soon-to-be Patreon members, we'll explain what that means. Um, The song off the Pinkerton album, which also another great album, Mm -hmm. and it really ticks all my, you know, super indie rock boxes, but uh, there's a song which is probably the most... um, Easy, like tongue-in-cheek kind of thing, but it's such a summer song to me. I think I remember hearing it like in the summer. But uh, the song El Scorcho, oh yeah, uh, one of, still one of my all-time favorite songs. And uh, yeah, yeah, dude, it's, good one. it's incredible. All right, give it to me, champ. What you got? So one of the one of the songs that it, immediately mm-hmm. I think of when I think of just like it puts me in that summer vibe. It takes me right back to being like twenty years old is, um, and this is the one that people, but I'm going to start, this is what I'm coming out of the gate with. The one that people are going to give me grief about. Here we go. But it is uh, by Dashboard Confessional. The song's called The Swiss Army Romance. Mm -hmm. And it was on the very first uh, album that he did that people didn't really know about initially when it was released Mm -hmm. um, called The Swiss Army Romance. And it's, again, full of incredible songs. I get it. People immediately will be like, oh, emo and and everything. Uh, No, dude. Oh, wait, Dude, this, the melodies in that song and the lyrics are just incredible. And it came at a time, you know, like I said, I remember it was like in college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, those lyrics is, is sort of, you know, hard on your sleeve, sort of whiny, uh, you know, about girls 
for whatever reason at the time it spoke to me like crazy and but he but to to give uh i mean i'm i'm completely on unapologetic about that stuff but i mean you got to look also at dashboard chris caraba uh you know he he was in a you know an indie emo band called further seems forever for years which also made my list a song by them but go ahead which i mean they're super bad and i feel like that that's like his like rock cred Mm -hmm. uh so it was interesting to see that that same kind of songwriting and then all of a sudden hey it's just a dude and and an acoustic and Mm -hmm. i mean kind of genius really the way i discovered him um for as long as i live and see I know everybody listening to our show understands where we're coming from about how different it is now in terms of discovering music and stuff. And Mm -hmm. our kids will not have the same experience that we did. But for anybody that is younger listening to this, you know, when you wanted to find new artists, you would just do that in such random ways. But one of them would be like, you know, the music magazines that were out at the time, Rolling Mm -hmm. Stone, Mm -hmm. Spin. Spin was always my favorite because it was less sort of like i don't want to you know read about politics or the no. i just want to read about music right yeah. and or actors i don't give a crap yeah. rolling stone kind of just mixed it all I, I i wanted spin magazine which was solely about music for the most part mm-hmm. <clears throat> and i'll never forget there was this at the very very bottom of this page there was this little bitty write-up with a small picture of this dude with an acoustic guitar and mm-hmm. it just said chris caraba something about like we, you know, it was like emerging new stars that we think you should kind of mm-hmm. take a look at. And mm-hmm. it had this little write-up that basically said, imagine your summer camp counselor, instead of singing like Kumbaya and stuff, would sit you around the campfire and just sing heartbreaking songs about girls. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, dude, man, I want to check this dude out. So I went to this record store and... You know, I think the first one that I went to, these guys didn't know what I was talking about. So I went down to Atlanta because I went to college in the mountains of North Georgia. Mm-hmm. And the stores were limited there. Beautiful. So I went down to Atlanta and I was like, hey, man, have you ever heard of this uh, this dashboard convention? And, the, and the, this kid was like, oh, dude, yes, you're going to love it. So he pulls out this, this record, the Swiss Army Romance. And this was, again, before, like, you know, the big single for him later that, that came later was... Um, Screaming Infidelity. Screaming Infidelities, which I think was like on an MTV show or something, right? It was like this, it was like this uh, theme song theme song or something like that. And it just blew up and he became huge. But this is before that. What what was that show? Was it like 16 and Pregnant or something? (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. That's amazing. Um, But I remember kind of like putting the CD in my car, driving back from Atlanta, which is about like an hour and a half Mm -hmm. to where I was going to school. And so it was like the perfect time to listen to a whole record. And I was just kind of blown. I was just floored, man. And then this song came on. And the lyrics, dude, like, again, I was in college, right? And so, like, one of the, uh, one of the lyrics is... Uh, it says, it's college night from trouble crowds Don't unload in your heading out Here is your moment it, and then melodically, it's just it's just amazing. And then at the end, it's just kind of like, you know, he's talking about like growing up fast and how like, you know, we're not 21 yet, but the sooner we are, the sooner the fun will begin. Mm-hmm. So get out your fake eyelashes and fake IDs. You know, it's just, I don't know. I mean, it, it was like, it's just one of those songs that, and albums mm-hmm. that 
fully reminds me of just like being a kid, summertime, you know, kind of being in love and, and just experiencing that youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just great. Yeah, he was great. He really was. And I got to say, too, probably your purest or like eh, whatever. But like, I feel like when he got back together with Further Seems Forever, um, mm-hmm. I can't think of it. They that. started sounding cool again. Yeah, it was pretty mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. Which, real quick, while we mention Further Seems Forever, mm-hmm. the song that I put down on the list that I always remind is The Moon Is Down. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a classic. Mm-hmm. Another great song, yeah. another great melody. Towards the end, there's like a key change uh, in the chorus that, God. Which I typically hate key changes, but. You mean to tell me you hate the key change and living on a prayer, bro? I don't, it just seems so good. I don't understand how he, and I don't understand how he sings that high. Dude. <laughs> yeah, that's a pair of Bon Jovi rules. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I loved Bon Jovi, but boy, that key change in that song specifically, I'm like, yeah. Did they just kind of like, well, if it was if it came out nowadays, I would believe it that they just tweaked that audio, but no, mm-hmm. he really sang it. So yeah, you had mentioned there's no, no hip hop on here. I gotta change it up, man. I am not a hip hop fan really it's funny i've always had this weird sort of like like i kind of wish that i was but musically it just never really i just didn't really gravitate toward it really Mm -hmm. but when i was in fourth grade my cousin brandy who was also my babysitter at the time she for christmas i think that year gave me a tape of license to ill beastie boys nice and I was obsessed. I, I know I got it around Christmas, but here's another little thing that'll play into like a lot of my a lot of my choices as we go. Every year, uh, my my dad left when I was young, and, and my mom remarried my stepdad Rick, and we would go to the Florida Keys, this this place called Marathon. Uh, we would go every year for like two weeks. We had like a timeshare down there, and basically every every summer from you know seven till. I moved out at uh, 18, I guess. We went down to the Keys. Um, and I specifically remember, um, you know, driving down, and I had my little Walkman, and I knew every single lyric to every single song off License to Ill. I was obsessed with the song Paul Revere and Brass Monkey, and, uh, yeah, it was just, it was awesome. And uh, so, yeah, there's our there's our hip-hop. Yeah, correct. And, man, I don't know if... if- Anybody listening, has, if you've never gotten into the Beastie Boys, have you ever seen live performances of them? Oh, they're amazing. Especially in those early days. Dude, I mean, they're playing all the instruments. Man. Mm-hmm. Some know? of those like old and, SNL performances yeah, were awesome. It's just incredible, those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and we, I, I tend to gravitate, I think I can speak for you on this too, I, we, we tend to gravitate towards bands that, although... You know, you can maybe pick out their influences and that kind of thing. They will forever sound like them, and so right. that brings me to my next one that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And that's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, dude, I got under them. the bridge, dude. That's what I got. Oh, dude. Yeah, I mean, that- now it feels like at this point we're just talking about favorite songs ever. But yeah, exactly. Truly, there's something about the song that always reminded me of summer. Me too. It was man. always such like as a kid. You didn't really understand the lyrics like you would later on in life, mm-hmm. but my gosh, dude, that this yeah. whole album again is, is just phenomenal. The band is phenomenal, but to me, they're just iconic, man. You know, like yeah. the second that you hear a Red Hot Chili Pepper song, 
you know it's them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, one hot minute, arguably, ooh, and there's some good stuff there, but uh, blood sugar, sex magic. You know, I'm I've never been. Yeah, I'm saying like that album, one hot minute, is the one that kind of stands out as like mm-hmm. uh, when uh, what's his name, Dave Navarro, was playing guitar. I'd never, really, uh, I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that that was um, what was their big one? Was it like? Um, uh, airplane, airplane, and, that's it. Um, yeah, and, I mean, there's some okay moments in that album, but I was just like, come on, man. I mean, John Frusciante uh, was, his name? was like, dude, he is just my god. My god, the guy is just incredible, man. I don't understand how he comes up with some of these guitar lines, and yeah, on top of that, I don't understand how Anthony Kiedis like writes on top of some of those guitar lines. It's like sometimes they just in a normal world would never work. But yeah. these yeah. guys make it work and it's just fantastic. And then Flea and then, oh my gosh, um, Chad Smith, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Chad Smith on the drums. Dude, they're just like a culmination of lightning striking and yeah. it just being like the perfect blend of everybody and it just working and it's just fantastic, man. Yeah, pro- probably one of the greatest rhythm sections of all time. Um, yeah, easily. And... Yeah, it's funny because I had that exact same thing. I think I, I remember, again, going back to like the keys every year. I feel like Under the Bridge was like on rotation on MTV mm-hmm. that summer. Because uh, yeah. we didn't have MTV for the longest time like at my house as a kid. So anytime we would mm-hmm. go to the keys during the summer, like, you know, it was like MTV at mm-hmm. all times. And I remember that was a great one. Under the Bridge was like, it's probably my favorite song of theirs anthony kiedis is one of those guys too that like i don't know it's like like i never totally was like obsessed with him because like because he it wasn't like i always i was always really drawn to like super sort of melodic like singer Mm -hmm. singers and like he he just kind of like he didn't talk but like song yeah yeah i know what you're saying it's kind of hard to explain but like you know, there was something that was sort of like, I don't know, man, I can't really get into But like Soul to Squeeze mm-hmm. and uh, Under the Bridge were just amazing. Some of the funk stuff, like, I've never really been a huge funk fan, but yeah. I think that's probably why I never like wholeheartedly, you know, was like obsessed. But but melodically, though, like, man, there's some really great writers. Yeah, dude. Talking about the keys, back in 1990, I was down at the Keys. I was probably in fifth or sixth grade, maybe. This video came on nonstop on MTV. And it's a song called Rock the Cradle of Love mm-hmm. by Billy Idol. Yeah. One of the sexiest videos. Also, one of the more weird videos. I don't really understand the narrative of it, but uh, I, it, it holds such a place you know, for me in my heart. Um, as far as like songs and not videos, also Billy Idol, uh, Dancing With Myself, feels mm-hmm. like a real summer song. And we used to put that on, uh, I, I used to include that song when you and I were going into the city and, uh, you know, yeah. paying the you town. You know, it's red. funny, dude, about, and I'm sure I'm going to get some hate for this, but like, I don't know, man. I've always kind of been a little, like, I've never been a humongous fan. There's like a handful of artists that, that this isn't true, but something always just kind of irked me about Billy Idol. Like I wish his, I wish he would have had a band and would it have, it would have mm. been called something. And so, like, even as a little kid, the fact that it was just like Billy Idol or you know mm-hmm. Adam Ant or whatever it is, I'm always kind of like, oh well, yeah. You know, I mean, he who, he, he who are the other like people band, in his band? But, yeah, I know, but God knows who they are. 
Clay, you're listening, you probably know. My bad. <laughs> but, you know, like, I don't know, like, uh, I just had, I never really got into him. I always felt like he was faking it in some way. It you know, did. like, well, I'll just put these clothes on, call me Billy Idol, and, you know, yeah, I'm a punker. And I'm like, eh, you're Well, I still think Dancing With Myself is one of the most bad songs yeah, ever good, written. Man. But it did kind of feel like he was doing this, like, 80s version of, like, Johnny Rotten, mm-hmm. but, like, with... Like sort of more of like pop songs kind of. Yeah, it felt like it felt like some studio exec was like, "Man, we need to yeah. kind of grab this market share, and how <laughs> can we do that? Oh, let's create like a punker dude, uh-huh. but like he's not too bad, and you know he's singing about dancing with himself, you know, and and I don't know. Yeah. So I'm not saying that I don't like those songs. I do, but no, I, I I totally get what you mean, and like sort of like he would do like this sort of like the snarl kind of thing and like yeah dude. Um, i'm like dude come on his now, 80s stuff cool though man two other 80s songs that immediately that that number 1 aren't fake mm-hmm. and number 2 are just amazing the second that you press play amazing and that is first one going back to john bon jovi his mm. song runaway mm yeah I mean, dude, if you don't picture yourself in a video game arcade crushing on some girl across the room, then I don't even know what you're doing here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it just has that, like, that keyboard. Yeah. Is that on the Slippery When Wet album, maybe? Um, No, dude, I think it might be self, mm. self-titled. Yep. 1984, self-titled. First song on the record, dude. Yeah, that's, a, that's how the record opens. That's a good, good kickoff song. Um, and then the other one is by Corey Hart, Sunglasses at Night. Oh, dude, I almost had that, too. My goodness, dude. Great song. Again, same thing. Mm-hmm. The second you press the play, this song is just going to put you in that vibe. Yep. You're just like, oh, it's just, it's just amazing. Both those songs crush Billy Idol. Sorry, Billy. Dan- I'm telling you, man, Dancing With Myself is still, like, one of my top songs of all time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of 80s, I have a few. Like I said before, my dad left when I was young, so... There was a long period, several several year period, when I was a little kid, and it was just me and my mom, and we would go to this pool that was down the road at a college called Truett McConnell College, and I don't know how we were able to do this, but like she was friends with somebody who worked there or something, but they would let us in there, like um, you know their their you know I guess like their swim team and stuff, like we would get in the in their pool. Um, they're just this, like doing laps, and some little kids. Just no, like, no. I mean, Toss it was during me the, the beach ball, mom. It was during the summer, so like nobody was ever there. But like, it was really cool. I mean, they had this huge diving board and massive pool. It's where I learned to swim as a kid. But I have this most fond memory of just me and my mom. You know, me swimming, her laying out by the sun, or laying out by the pool, and like we had this little boombox, this tiny little, you know, silver boombox. I remember she wore this white. Uh, Timex with like the little pastel colored shapes. It was just pure Mm -hmm. 80s. And so there's a few songs that like really that I specifically remember as a kid. And it's funny because a lot of these songs I think directly have influenced me, you know, songwriting wise with kind of on an even like subconscious level. But these songs are uh, one is Minute Work, Down Under, classic song, kind of embraces the sort of cheesiness of you know, them being from Australia and, you know. Uh, Also, a little note about that song is my daughter, Amelia, 
when we first moved into the house we live in now, we would pl play it on vinyl, and she was obsessed with that song, so that's really cute. It's awesome. A song called Don't Stand So Close to Me by The Police. Mm -hmm. Amazing song. And uh, I Melt With You by Modern English. Just classic kind of new wave pop, you know, great songs. And then lastly, and maybe maybe the number one summer song on my list. I'm not like, we're not like counting down or anything, but maybe it is like the best of all time is Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Oh, my God. That intro just... Yes. Amazing. And the whole song, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I, that's that's amazing, dude. I had that song on my list as well. Yep. It always also reminds me of of two things. One, uh, Donnie my Darko. best friend growing up, before that, dude, Matt Rollins showed me this movie, Real Genius, oh, one yeah. day after school, mm -hmm. popped it in, um, you know, his VCR or whatever, hanging out at his house, and that song, you know, plays in the as the credits roll mm -hmm. after like the popcorn gets popped in the house and everything oh, yeah. <laughs> when it, you know yeah and i was like oh my gosh dude what and rollins was always into like tears for fears and like all these really cool 80s bands but i just mm -hmm. gave him so much grief i'd be like dude this stuff is just so lame bro yeah keep your new wave stuff out of here <laughs> yeah you know yeah um and the second I heard that song, I, it just completely like changed my mind and changed mm -hmm. the world. And, and so, yeah, dude, that that song is, uh, boy, that's a that's a great one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like '80s, you know, pop royalty in my opinion, mm -hmm. like one of the best of all time. What do you? I don't know if you want. to. I've got one. There's kind of. I got of, like a million other songs. I know, but I, you know, there's a couple more, and and I'll kind of just like get through them here because you know they're a little bit more like, I guess quote-unquote modern actually didn't put that many sort of uh 80 songs on here but one is by a band and this is kind of like seemingly cliche but i promise it's been on my list of songs that remind me of summer forever mm -hmm. since it came out and that's by a band that not very many people have heard actually uh called summer camp mm. and the song is called drawer It is kind of quintessential '90s. Oh, I totally remember this song, dude. I l the rest of the album completely forgettable. I don't even know another song, but I've still got this on CD. Yeah, and it's just man, good, so pull. good, dude. Um, another one that I I heard that first on like remember uh, 103.7, the Bulldog out of Athens. Mm -hmm. They played a lot of like indie stuff. They had a thing on Sunday night where they would like release like a new sort of underground band, and that's where I first heard that. Oh man, cool. uh, the band Trinket. You remember them? No. I tried to talk to you about it years ago. They were kind of like super obscure, hard to find, but man, they they were a really great band. And then first place that I heard Marvelous Three. With, oh yeah, you know Butch Walker. Another song that I kind of liked growing up, but kind of more so when when you and I started writing music together is. Um, the song Can't Hardly Wait by The Replacements. Dude, I have it too. Yep. So good. Amazing. Um, I never, like I said, I never really had like a, an appreciation for, for that song. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because, you know, of the movie or, you know, that there was a movie called Can't Hardly Wait or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, it's such a great song. Another song that is kind of a lot 
more chill in terms of the vibe uh, is by Jump Little Children. Oh. And it's called Mexico. Yeah, dude, that Jump Little Children is, they're one of my all-time favorite bands that that I feel like never really got huge. That guy's voice, man. It's the, it's the greatest voice of all time as far as... I won't let you go. I won't let you go. And I hope we haven't told this story before, but do you remember... I, seriously, how could I forget that? I mean, exactly, dude. So... Let me set the scene for people listening. Also, no, just know I was obsessed with this band. Yeah. Well, Tyler and I get invited um, by oh gosh, what was that guy's name? Neil. Yeah, Neil, the sound guy. Yep. Which uh, I knew him back in L.A. From L.A. Yeah. Yeah. And just one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Yeah. Awesome. Guy. Um. Anyway, he at the time was on tour with Anna Nalick. Mm-hmm who you might remember with her single 2AM. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was in town in Atlanta. They were playing the Tabernacle. and He was like a, he was he, like a pretty big-time sound guy. Yeah, and um, so he invited us to come down and just hang out with him. So we go down there. You know, we're backstage at the Tabernacle just hanging out and stuff. And uh, I think I feel like I have told this story because I remember, like, her boyfriend, like, kind of comes around the corner and we're in there and he's just kind of like, eh. <laughs> Yeah. And he's just like so pissed. And then he just start like, and then he starts like, he's doing that thing where, you remember like when, I mean, literally when you're in like fifth grade and there's somebody like cooler than you and mm-hmm. your girlfriend, you can tell she's looking at him. And then you're just like, this is the time where I'm just going to pull her close to me and just start like kissing yeah. her. Just like kind of like staking your claim because it, you're it, a child. It was a That's real, what this guy was doing. It was a real like jab a to his like, like self confidence. Yeah. And we're like, dude, trust me. That ain't my. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. great voice, pretty lady. Not my thing. Okay, mm-hmm. take it easy. We're Same. just a couple of knock around guys over here. <laughs> God forbid. God forbid. We, you know, I got a hey. I got a lot to pray about. I got a lot to be thankful for. <laughs> and uh, so, anyhow, that's really neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, I think she goes to do something, and, and to be honest, we, you know, we could literally like we had no huge interest in watching her perform, but. She was kind of like pop, and at that time we were like only indie, indie everything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we were like, eh. I mean, it's cool to be yeah, here. I mean, but. I think truly, like, especially after like the way they kind of like acted around us, I was kind of like, well, you're not that cool. So yeah, while you're on, like, this is a perfect time for me to go to the bathroom while you're on stage. Anyway, the <laughs> other band though that was playing, I think, opening for, her, started warming up, um, or at least the the vocalist did. Mm-hmm. And we hear this voice coming down. And, and like to picture these hallways at backstage of the tabernacle, at least from my memory, they're almost like these like old like center block walls. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of reverb just bouncing off of the, you know, these walls. Yeah. And so this guy, we just hear this voice down the hall. And I want to say literally like finally like Anna Nalik is like talking to us about something that she feels is super important. And we're just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And you're like, Oh, I was just like, hold on. Hey, hey, hey. Shush your mouth. And we hear this this voice coming down the hallway, and we're both like, holy crap. And you're like, dude, no way. And I think, again, this is just straight from my memory. Perhaps I'm like over dramatizing it or whatever. You just like go, you just bolt out the door into the hallway from this dressing room. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. Hey, hey. And Alex's boyfriend, I know you don't like me. Cool. <laughs> um, 
mind if I take a Cheeto? Good. Thank you, sir. And I just go and follow you. And then you're just like, dude, I can't even believe this. You're like, this is, it's the lead singer from Jump Little Children. We didn't even know that they were opening or whatever. So we damn sure made it a point to watch their performance. Oh, and yeah. I was floored. Yeah, dude. They were unbelievable, man. And yeah. you know how cool their bass player was? The guy that played like the stand-up, stand-up bass? bass. Mm-hmm. They had this like cool, like, you know, curly mustache before it was, you know, hip and hipster to do that. But mm-hmm. um, that was that was a that was an incredible experience, man. Yeah, they they were a band. I think they were from Charlotte, North Carolina, um, or somewhere around there. Maybe maybe Asheville. But um, yeah, they were a band that I got into really, really, really early. They had an album called uh, or magazine, and I think their single was was a song called Cathedrals. Mm-hmm. And like, man, I still to this day, like I've you just don't really hear um I don't know, something about his voice is just like pure magic and uh Yeah, yeah amazing. And it, and it's That's funny that. because it was like a like a literal siren song. Like that keep in mind we're in the green room backstage. It's kind of a you know, I mean I'm sure she viewed it as like, oh well, this is like a real treat. These guys are getting to be back here with, you know, the the headliners. Mm-hmm. And the second I heard this dude's voice, it was like I've heard this voice one billion times on my like discman, you know, and I just got up and then just kind of like my story of me being in the OR with my missing time. Yeah, right. right. (laughs) Like eyes forward, I immediately just heard just mid talking. I just got up and just walked walked out. And looking back, I I kind of loved that that happened so Mm -hmm. that we could just prove that we couldn't be less interested. (laughs) Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, trying to hook up with her to that stupid boyfriend. Yeah, but um, and also like as obsessed and as amazing as I think his voice is, I think um, it kind of goes into that same category that I feel about this other band who is in my top three favorite bands of all time. It's a band called Our Lady Peace, um, and their singer, a guy named Rain Maida, is uh, it's kind of the same thing. It's like so unique and so like no other voice you've ever heard that. It's either like, okay, this is going to be the biggest band in the world, or nobody's ever going to give them a chance because it's so mm-hmm. unique. Yeah. Even though, I mean, they they did. Boy, they were huge for a while huge, there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I keep... almost I almost wrote down some stuff, uh, some songs of theirs. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny about them is I always, for this specific reason that you're talking about, I always think to myself, there, there's certain singers that have such a unique sound mm-hmm. that I always try to think like, I wonder what it'd been like if they're like. Hey man, it's open mic night here, and uh, bring your acoustic guitar. And all of a sudden, like Axl Rose shows up now, like mm-hmm. 2021. People are like, "Whoa, hey man, take it down a few octaves, bro." <laughs> yeah, you know. And same with same with uh, Rain. It's like he's got such a unique tone to his voice. I yeah. wonder if people would just be like, "Whoa, what's this guy doing, man?" But mm-hmm. I love it, man. I mean, oh, they're oh, they're, they're one so of those. good, so good. Yeah, they they this was kind of later on, like not like one of my favorite albums of that. Well, I mean, it is it is a killer album, but like um, it's when they kind of like sort of push for like mainstream success, and they had Bob Rock uh, mix it. You know, he mixed like the Metallica Black album, and um, it was they had kind of switched from this Canadian producer, this guy named Arnold Lonnie, uh, and they had made like you know Spiritual Machines and. Um, all these incredible records but this was like kind of their mainstream thing they had a new guitar player but this came out in the summer uh and it's an album called gravity it has like somewhere out there 
mm-hmm. innocent. Um, yeah. But they had a song called heavy. All For You that, like, you know, talks about Jack Kerouac on the first line, which uh, it's a very sort of summer thing. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're great. Let me move on. One song that's a great summer song uh, that always makes almost all my playlists is a song from Iron and Wine. And for the longest time, I could only find this song on the In Good Company soundtrack, but it's a song called The Trapeze Swinger. Oh, yeah. It's like a nine-minute song. Kind of does the same thing over and over and over, but it is like the most perfect, just summer, like good vibes. And uh, I think we listened to it a lot when we were first touring up in the Midwest uh, Mm -hmm. and staying in Naperville for the longest time. Yeah, man. It's a good one. That kind of reminds me of another song. Again, it's just like, you know, I just picture being by the water, listen, or you know, even right camping or whatever. Listening water. to this, listening to this song uh, is uh, "Mausoleum" by Oh God, Siren. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Siren, Siren, so. six years. Sarah Don't you say Siren? Oh God, they're coming after us. The Illuminati. Um, it's uh, same kind of thing. Like really, really um, kind of just chill. That same mm-hmm. iron and wine, iron and wine kind of vibe. Iron and wine. <laughs> Okay, here, here's here's uh, a couple more. Again, this goes back to, you know, hey, I'm going to be unapologetic about it. Mm-hmm. This this is a song that, yes, it's cheesy, but it reminds me of summer, and it reminds me of whenever I met my wife back in 2002, mm-hmm. basically. And that is, uh, the band's called Something Corporate, and the song mm-hmm. is uh, a couple songs. Punk Rock Princess. You better woke not up in a car. A song called Fall. And um, of course, the at the time lesser known song called Constant. There it is. It's spelled with a K. Mm-hmm. And dude, that song essentially was like kind of like our song. The, the, when I was moving, and maybe one day, maybe for the Valentine's Day, I'll tell the story of how my wife and I met That's and like our, our whole thing. But um, the, I, you know, the night I was leaving, the, la- the last night that essentially I was working where we worked, um, where we met, I put that song on and it's like really long. It's, it's, it's like a nine minutes. full song. of angst. It's full of like love and like pure gold, just like emo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and it was uh, only on like an EP or something. Yeah. It was kind of hard and, to find. And when we first started dating, we went and saw them in Athens at the 40 Watt. And uh, <clears throat> I remember he was just outside of the, the venue, just like talking on a flip phone. And I went up to him and said, hey, uh, Andrew, you know, because of course, why not use his first name? Of course. Um, because at the end of the day, I'm just a knock around guy. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's just kind of like, you can tell he's just like, hold, hold on a second to whoever he's, he's talking to. He's like, hey, man, what's, what's up? And I was like, hey, dude, I know everybody always asks you this, but please, for the love of God, play Constantine tonight. He's like, and because and I was like, you know, it's me and my, my girlfriend's like, this, that is our song. <laughs> and, and he was just like, yeah, man, I think I could do that for you. Mm. And he just goes back and, and uh, or just said something like, he was very gracious. He was like, you know, thanks for coming to the show. Thanks for coming uh, out. We'll see you tonight, you know. And uh, I always thought that was very cool uh, of him. And, and um, that dude's got a very, very interesting mm. story as well. So, you know, yeah, that, look, I'll tell you what I didn't miss during your sickness. <laughs> I was constantly being interrupted anytime, you know. Well, I could barely talk, so that's why. 
Well, I barely talk. You still sound like you can barely talk. I um, can barely talk. So yeah. that one. Um, What's funny is Woody and I both were like, sorry to cut you off. We were both like obsessed with this song long before we even knew each other, just like sort of yeah. in our own separate lives. It's 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 amazing. Actually, we just listened to it just in dead silence, just two guys driving up to the <laughs> yeah, Bigfoot Driving museum. up to the Bigfoot Museum, just <laughs> listening to the love song, man. God, it's a good one, though. Okay, the fir- first Pete Yorn album, Music for the Morning After. I remember... My buddy, our old bass player, Boo Boo, him and I would drive around his old car with the windows down, and there's a song called For Nancy that's awesome. Uh, I think Life on a Chain was the single, but uh, I still love Pete Yorn. Um, my heavier times, uh, there's a song called My Own Summer, uh, also called Shove It, from an album called Around the Fur by a band called The Deftones, which, God, I love that band still. Woody definitely hates them, I'm sure. Are they the ones that sing, like, the toxicity? No, no. This band's awesome. Um, super, Wake super up, good. put a dabba-dabba-dabba makeup. <laughs> Is that them? No, that's, like, I think that's System of a Down. Another band, which you and I are equally obsessed with, a song called The First Single from a record called Interventions and Lullabies, a band called The Format. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, great song, great summer song. But uh, one of the greatest bands of all time, talk about being able to write a melody is a band called Jimmy World Uh, and for reasons uh, our own little private reasons a a record called Futures um, a song called Futures which is the kickoff song which is super badass but specifically a song called Kill and another song called Work which are amazing Uh, real quick real quick and I'm not going to get into it Mm -hmm. but I will say that an interesting thing about uh that you and I both do kind of is like talk through, like we converse with others, including ourselves through song. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, it'll just be like, yo bro, listen to the song. Or whenever I was, you know, kind of trying to, uh, I guess, uh, like woo my wife, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would just be like, yeah, sure. No problem. I'll, you know, and just made her a playlist of every song just pointed to like, yeah. Hey man, I'm in love with you. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not going to say it. I'm going to let this artist say it. Yeah, but yeah, with yeah. backing music. Yeah, well, I mean, like sometimes you'd be like listening to the different music, and you're like, dude, this song perfectly says yeah what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Boom, send it. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Um, speaking of our trip to LA, making our record, uh, which was called "The Beat Goes On" by the Modern Society. You can't find it, but to our future Patreon listeners, mm-hmm. <laughs> we are thinking about releasing it. Mm-hmm. There's a song that we would listen to that would come on on the radio to and from the studio by a guy named Cass McCombs mm-hmm. called that. The song was called That's That. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like us being like, God, this is a great song. The band Modest Mouse, they had mm-hmm. a record that came out. And I remember it was during the summer. And I was obsessed with this album. It sounded like nothing I'd ever heard before. Uh, the record's called Good News for People Who Love Bad News. Um, mm-hmm. The single was called Float On, which was a great song. Yeah. But the song that really changed my life is a song called uh, Satin in a Coffin, mm-hmm. which is pretty much Man, The Doors. So good. The Doors 5 to 1. But it's, yeah. God, this song is just like, it's so good. It kind of reminds me of that Spoon song, too, remember? Mm-hmm. Um, or no, no, no. Not Spoon. I remember. Uh, it was on Grey's Anatomy. It was like a... 
what am I thinking of? Um, not Spoon. It was the band that you really liked. They had, it had like a banjo intro. But yeah, but no, I thought that was uh, it wasn't sitting in the coffin. Well, no, I mean that one has a banjo intro too. But I've, we'll have to look it up. A couple more Counting Crows. I'm a huge, massive Counting Crows fan. Uh, specifically for summer, there's a song called Holiday in Spain, which is like yes, dude, oh, so good, man. man. Such a good summer song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's off the Hard Count Candy album, which is not one of my favorites, but. It's a There's two off of that album that that I that I just love. Holiday in Spain exactly is one of them, and then the other one is um, it's like oh right out past the dunes tonight good, or something. Good time, good time. Yeah, is that's the it. Song. Yep. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's this line in it that he says something along the lines of like, um, uh, towards the end. This is something that he's just brilliant at, and you can tell that this take that they just left in, he was just ad libbing and mm-hmm. like. It's towards the end. It's like one of the last courses, and he's like, "I just want, I just want to have a good time." And he's like, "Yeah, it's like little stuff like that." Jeez, I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, you yeah. wouldn't hear that unless you gave the whole song the chance to mm-hmm. get there. And the fact that it's at the very end is just, oh, I love that kind of stuff, dude. Yeah. Yeah, Adam Duritz, uh, Counting Crows just in general. Are, uh, th- that's one of those unapologetic things, too, that a lot of people are like, Counting Crows suck, but, like, man, I, I think... I saw them years ago with the band Live. They were on a tour, and they would kind of, like, swap being the headliner. Mm-hmm. And uh, still one of the greatest performances. Um, I mean, they were truly, like, one of those kind of old-school... You know, I talked about The Doors before, mm-hmm. and, like... Um, they they were one of those bands who like you could tell that literally the entire band just followed Adam Duritz. Like they followed every little cue, every little uh I mean they could Yeah, dude, they, they're the real deal, man. Yeah. And and like I, it sucks because Road dogs. yes, I know that I know that people kind of when they think of them, they're like, I mean, I don't like the Mr. Jones, man. Come on. Sucks. Dude, right? August and everything after is amazing. But album. like if you only if you only ever heard them, and I was actually one of those people, but I had a, a buddy um named Tyler. No, in in college that that kind of showed me that I was wrong because yeah. I, I thought like I only knew them from their like, you know, pop singles and I'm like Ugh, Which are know. probably the the least of yeah. Like they always I mean, release my least songs that are my songs. least favorites of the album. But I mean like dude, songs like Colorblind oh, yeah, and dude. you know like even Long December, dude. I mean like mm-hmm. you start you start diving deep and you're going to you hear those songs and you're going to feel them. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Just a couple of knock around guys. Then that's <laughs> it. In the neighborhood of Um dude, I want to talk about a band from France. Um Oh named Phoenix. yeah. Man, good then, summer songs. Yeah, dude. They have one of their newer ones actually is called Fior de Latte. And there's just something about that song that just makes me, and I'm not joking, this is like my wife and I both do this. And, and it, now we have it, it defines certain songs for us. It has this vibe where you just feel like your hand is out the window mm-hmm. and you're just kind of going, you know, back and forth with yeah. it. And that song has that tempo, that feel. They're just, to this day, also one of my favorite bands. Their melodies are incredible. They're like, you know, not so great English lyrics are mm-hmm. incredible. Um, Which you kind of want that, though, in a weird way. Oh, yeah, dude, for sure. And 
you know, kind of in that same sort of like French vein, but this time going French Canadian. Um, if you and you're gonna love this, you remember the band? Um, do you remember that band, The Stills? Oh yeah. And okay, they had plenty of songs that make me think of not just summer, but just that I love in general. And that's kind of like what I feel like the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of moving towards but well plus uh, us, they had like that song and stuff we were yeah they had that song in the beginning mm-hmm. but they had this um they had this like sort of like i don't even think it showed up on a record i think it was just like one of their singles or something and i'm gonna butcher the uh the pronunciation but it's mm-hmm. called retour a vega the whole song is just French. And to this, like, I have to learn how to speak French just to be able to sing that song because it's fantastic. It's amazing. Mm, I gotta check it out. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, on the little French kick, another album which, uh, I was in, I was living in LA when I heard this. It's, it looks like Camille, but it's pronounced Camilla. Uh, oh, yes, dude. It's French gal. Uh, the album's called Les Fils, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, another one for my song on my summer list is I wasn't I was never a big fan of this band just in general but this song I remember seeing the video it was really bizarre really weird but like this song just floored me and I wish so bad that like the rest of their music sounded like this but it's the band Blind Melon and the song Galaxy I'm in a Less, dude, I never really got into them. Other I didn't either, them. but this song is—it's amazing. Okay, look, I only I'm, have like I'm five gonna, more. No, 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 no. Drill it down to one more each. I can't do it. The Strokes. The end has no end. Sunny day real estate in circles. Uh, against me, thrash unreal. And then the last two, which are. Awesome summer songs. Probably the summer song, Don Henley, Boys of Summer. Yes. Uh, not the Atari's version. I like the Atari. Nope. I like the Atari's version too, man. Yeah, but dude, that like super chorus, like digital guitar solo stuff on that is amazing. And then lastly for me, uh, The Cure, which I love The Cure in general, but uh, a more sort of obscure song called Six Different Ways. Um, amazing. Okay, well, your list was a lot longer than one, so I'm going to go <laughs> a little bit longer than one, too. Yeah, I'm going to do a rapid-fire style. Uh, Phantom Planet, California. California. Mm. I know, but it's still, it's just so, it makes me want to get in the car and drive to California. Drive to the other One of their newer ones also has that, um, just some revivance called Only One. Um, And then lastly, one is kind of funny, but it does make me think of summer. And that is, um, this is the only song I know by these guys, but Dexter Freebish. Oh. The song's called Leaving Town. Yes, dude. Oh, your reputation's so golden. You're never lonely. Good. I mean, right? And then lastly, this one's, I'm going to bring it down local. This is one of, to this, like this band was my absolute favorite band that we ever played with, that we ever shared any stage with. We also shared the same lawyer mm-hmm. and and all of that. And the oh. band is called Trances Art. Yes, and the song is called Camera Gun Shy. Now oh, I got to say, say something else. I'll keep going. This singer 
I love his voice. Dude, this song is just so good, and they're such a talented band, and the nicest dudes ever, and loved, loved, loved playing with them. Yeah, they they had an album called XOXOX, which um, was produced actually at our lawyer Dave Prossi's house, his like studio. I would go to say my favorite song off that record is a song called or called Cold Drivers. Yes. Oh my God. Knocking them down with your cold blank stare, singing your shout, you're gone tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. It was well. Okay, look. And it, like initially, this was supposed to be like songs that remind me of summer. That song reminds me of summer. Cool Driver is also just one of my favorite songs. Oh, Jesus, it's good. Look both those songs up. Mm-hmm. You're gonna enjoy them. I uh, I promise you. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, dude. So uh, I guess that's it, man. I'm I'm so surprised. I mean, we cheated a lot, but this was supposed to be ten songs. <laughs> well, no, no, no. First, it started out as Total. five songs. Yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. Five, me, five, you, oh, right, that's right. ten. Mm-hmm. You know, we knock around guys, but we don't do math too good. <laughs> <neighborhood>. You know. <laughs> um, Got to pick up an old Mrs. Grocery. Get the sausages. So, anyways, mm-hmm. it was hard to do, and like literally we could go on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. And on about this. And there's tons that we left off. And I'm like, I had like extreme anxiety about it. I did too. You know, like I know right off the top of my head, if I just had to like pick another song out of thin air, I would say Take On Me by Aha. And also, uh, if I know. had to do it, I would pick Vampire Weekend, A-Punk, or yeah. Contra. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so we could go on and on and on. But Horchata. we thought, uh, hopefully, there are some songs that you guys haven't heard of or that you remember and know exactly what we're talking about when we say it gives you that summer mm-hmm. vibe. So, again... We hope that everybody had a safe and happy 4th of July. Before we go, I wanted to say make sure, make sure that you visit our merch store. We still have a fair amount of Camp Rad Strangeness gear. I'm actually wearing a Camp Rad Strangeness t-shirt right now. They look great. They're just amazing. They're super comfy, and it's going to be a different design next year. So these are one of a kind. Yeah, get in there. Buy some stuff. It'll be gone at the end of summer, by the way. Yep, yep. So we say it all the time, every week, and we'll never stop saying it. Thank you so much for listening to our show and for interacting with us and interacting with each other. It's really cool to see like this community that's growing and growing and growing. And, you know, always feel free to send us a message about something that you think is cool, something that you want us to check out, maybe a story that you want us to dig into and tell, or maybe you just want to tell us about an old video game that you liked or Mm -hmm. whatever. Anytime any of you do that, it just means the world to us. It's our favorite part of each and every day is jumping in there, seeing these messages from folks telling us that that they enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy lives Mm -hmm. to hang out with us every single week. Tyler, where is the best place for people to be able to interact with us and, you know, send us messages back and forth? Well, the only place that I know of is Instagram. Uh, Like I've said before, there could be a real big community over on Facebook, but I stopped using that app about 10 years ago, I feel like. So I would not know. We love the back and forth. We love the community there. Feel free to jump in the comment sections and uh, and talk to us. Send us DMs of whatever, your favorite, whatever, song, band, uh, video game, whatever, like what he said. Um, if... 
Oh, God. There it is. Although I did love that song back in the day. Go ahead. It's just the worst. Uh, is this the band that had like the dude that just like hairsprayed his hair real high? I mean, there were no. I can't even of, keep track. I can't even keep track of the crap. Are you thinking of uh, Mudvayne? What name? I was real big into into the new metal thing. Yeah, but feel free to shoot us that. Um, we've had some folks send some spooky stories and stuff, and if you want to do that, feel free to shoot it to that would be radpod at gmail.com. You know, just record it on your little uh, on your phone like recorder and upload that and drop it to us and uh we plan on you know hopefully soon we may wait until closer to halloween season um but you know we'd love to hear them so yeah so like you know kind of what woody said and what we say every time uh it'll never get old we will always appreciate you guys we will always never be too jaded to you know to be really kind of floored with uh just the constant back and forth from you guys and the love and support that you guys show to us you know it really means a lot we appreciate you, we love you, and as always, be rad. That's the way it
good? Nice. Yeah, dude. Dude, I think it's probably the best episode we've ever done. I'm going to tell you something for your own good, pal. That's the worst sweater I've ever seen. It's a Cosby sweater. A Cosby sweater. Yeah, that's is true. That, is this Mike one? <laughs> is this the Mike one?